Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Today is Tuesday, December 15, 2020. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, President-elect Joe Biden comes to Atlanta campaign for John Olsoff and Raphael Warnock. We'll show you what took place today. You'll hear from Pastor Warnock, as well as Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Two black doctors and frequent visitors on this show uh, uh, started the COVID-19 vaccine. They will join us and they're gonna share their experience. Also, folks, a black business uh, in, our, in our marketplace segment every Tuesday, we'll talk talk with them. And of course, man, Morgan State University, Preview AM, get $90 million grants total from the ex-wife of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. Folks, that is huge, huge news. Let's go, folks. And also, one hour show today, after today's show, we of course will have the Spirit of Democracy Awards from the National Coalition on Black Participation. Jam-packed show, let's go. It's time to bring the font, Roll Mart Unfiltered. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop. 
Folks, we're live from Atlanta, Georgia, just back from, of course, the uh, Joe Biden rally uh, that took place here in Atlanta. We're going to show you some, some of that uh, a little bit later. But first, we want to start with the COVID-19 vaccine. It began to roll out across the country on Sunday. The trucks began to roll out and a number of people have already gotten the shots. And two doctors, two black doctors who are frequent uh, commentators on this show, they have started that vaccine Today, joining us right now is Dr. Tyson Bell. Of course, you might remember him uh, numerous times uh, on uh, this show. He joins us right now. Uh, Dr. Bell, of course, with the University of Virginia. He is, uh, uh, again, a, a frequent visitor here. And so I want to start with I want to start with him also uh, joining us is Dr. Ebony Hilton, who's going to be joining us uh, as, well, as well. But uh, let me know, the folks, let me know when she's with us. Uh, Dr. Bell, how you doing? Doing good. How about yourself, Roland? Uh, doing great. All right. So, so take us through. I remember you tweeting out that you were going to go through this, taking the vaccine. You're going to be chronicling exactly uh, what you encountered. And so uh, walk us through what happened today. Uh, sure. So um, we went to the infusion center where um, my uh, facility is uh, vaccinating people. Um, did the usual thing, cleaned the arm. Uh, they drew the vial in a small needle that's very similar to the size of the flu vaccine and then went to the arm. Um, so needle going to the arm. So, you know, I felt that, uh, but it was very like a small pinch. Um, and then after that, uh, did pretty well. Have a little bit of arm soreness that you would expect after getting a vaccine. Um, I believe the Dr. Hilton comes on later. So tell you she felt nothing at all. But that's no surprise because black women can take pain better than we can. Um, but uh, I'm doing well, Roland. Thanks for asking. Uh, speaking of her, Dr. Ebony Hilton, I saw your video this morning, early this morning, you saying uh, today was the day you were getting the vaccine. Uh, describe your experience. Yeah, um, it was, you know, I was describing to Dr. Bell, it was a bittersweet moment for me. I was, I was super excited about any type of hope that we had with the end of this pandemic. But at the same time, immediately thereafter, I just started thinking about how many people don't have the potential for this intervention. I mean, we've lost 300,000 Americans alone. And so, um, so yeah, the experience of, of the injection itself, you know, just my little mark, um, no rash, no nothing. Um, it didn't hurt me at all. Tyson cried a little bit. <laughs> no, but, um, but <laughs> I didn't, I didn't feel any, any pain at all. Um, the, um, now again, folks are, folk, the rollout is beginning to happen uh, all across the country. Uh, and, and both of you were adamant that it was important as doctors, but as black doctors to take this vaccine and to share the information with African-Americans, uh, because there are a lot of people uh, who are scared. You've got people out there, uh, saying all sorts of different things. I was sent, uh, uh, I was sent something earlier. Uh, Mr. Louis Farrakhan calling the vaccine toxic waste uh, and other people are saying, well, the black woman who uh, was really leading this, she was really set up there. And, and y'all want black folks to know, look, listen to black doctors, listen to black doctors and black experts share with you about this vaccine because black people have been dying at a disproportionate rate higher than anybody else. So we are greatly impacted by COVID-19. And I think even greater, Roland, if you think about it, what I don't want to happen is this. What we know is that there's two issues that's going on with, with 
black turnout to the vaccine. One, it's a trust issue. We cannot deny the impact of Tuskegee. We cannot deny the impact of Flint, Michigan. We cannot deny the, the fact that we have police brutality in systems that are literally targeting our population. We can't deny them. But we also think that there's not health care access for black people. And what I don't want to happen is for, for the powers that be to say that the reason why black people didn't get vaccinated was because they didn't trust the process and they didn't show up. And it wasn't because we don't have hospitals in predominantly black and brown communities. It wasn't because we didn't make efforts to actually have mobile drive-through clinics for vaccination for, for those persons in those communities that would want to be vaccinated. Um, at this point, we know that that was the, that was the truth for COVID-19 testing, right? That in the beginning, more testing was done in predominantly white communities. We don't want to get that behind that eight ball. So I'm not going to give the, the government, um, I'm not going to give policymakers that pop out of saying black people didn't want it. Because I don't think that's simply true. Come and speak to our community. Come and educate us. Let, let our, our leaders, let them talk to our community. But don't shut us out. Um, we demand that the equity and rollout, and we demand that you actually bring those vaccines to the persons that are dying at higher rates from COVID-19 in the first place. Dr. Bell, um, Ebony, Dr. Hilton talked about Tuskegee. The reality is, when you look at the maternal health of black women as well, African-Americans not trusting, uh, you know, how they're impacted, not trusting white doctors. But, but this is where... If you're African-American, there's a reason we are putting black experts on. There's a reason we are putting uh, black infectious disease specialists, putting on black doctors, putting on black ER doctors, because we want to be able to let black folks know that, look, this is where we stand, our own experts. Now, damn it, if you can't believe black experts, well, then who are you going to believe? Um, Roland, what I, would, what I would add to that is that this is personal for us. Um, you know, we represent the communities that we come from and, and my family and that history, uh, but this is personal. So when you see numbers like there's a disproportionate number of African-Americans who are contracted COVID-19, these are our family members. When you see that African-Americans are beginning hospitalized with COVID-19 more so than their white counterparts, um, that's people in our family and people have died of COVID-19, that's in our family. So, you know, this this is such a visceral feeling and um, and what we're dealing with is real. Now, Dr. Hilton and I, our bodies are our temples, just like you and everyone else. And with the evidence that we've seen so far, understanding the distrust within the community, some of that earned, you know, let's definitely point that out. Um, but we're confident in the safety and efficacy of this vaccine enough to put it in our own bodies and serve as that example. And this is the step that we can take to protect the health of ourselves and our family members and ultimately protect our community. Uh, what are y'all planning to, how are you planning to do this? Are you looking to chronicle this on social media every single day so people understand uh, what you're going through, what your body's experiencing? I've seen, uh, I saw uh, one, uh, the sister who was involved in the trials, uh, she talked about uh, you know, the, 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 sore, the sore pain she had it in an arm for several days. She talked about, you know, uh, you know, other effects of being cold, uh, you know, on the second day. And so she really wanted people to understand uh, what she was experiencing. Dr. Walter Kimbrough, the president of Dillard University, uh, he, he was involved in the same uh, in the same trials. He, he believes that he got the placebo 
uh, because really he didn't experience anything. No one knew. It was all blind. Uh, so, so, so how are you looking, uh, Dr. Hilton, uh, to really uh, convey to folks uh, your experiences? Yeah, I think in as many platforms as possible. So, yes, I plan on daily um, posting videos of what am I experiencing so people can, one, look at me themselves and say, does she look different? So, you know, you can find me on Twitter on Ebony J. Hilton underscore MD. I'm on Facebook under the same title, LinkedIn. Um, on, on my YouTube page, it's Good Stop Consulting um, YouTube page. I'll upload those videos that you can track daily. And then another thing we've done is partnered with, there's an app called ShareCare. And ShareCare is basically an app that WebMD meets um, Eastern and Western medicine and, and videos that highlight issues that are pertinent to the day. And those documents, they're going to roll out those videos and, and bring them into a compilation. Uh, same for you, Dr. Bell. Uh, same. I will be sharing on social media. If, if I feel anything, I'll definitely share it and I'll give daily updates as uh, the days go on. So um, I think the most important thing that we can do in this process is really demystify it and be open and transparent about what we're experiencing, what we're going through, because, you know, one way that we can bridge that distrust is by actually opening our lives up and we're making ourselves available. In addition to sharing what we're going through, we're making ourselves available to questions from the community and every question's on the table. I think, uh, you know, whether it's concern about the vaccine itself, what's in the vaccine, how does it actually work, what the approval process was, why do we have it at, you know, so at such a quick time point compared to other vaccines, these are all things we need to get into. So look us up, hit us up, ask questions, put your comments in, we will engage you. All right, then, Dr. Tyson Bell, critical care and infectious disease specialist with the University of Virginia, and Dr. Ebony Hilton, associate professor in anesthesiology and critical care medicine at the University of Virginia. Both of you, thanks a lot. Thank you, Roland. All right, I want to bring in my panel here. Uh, Rena Shaw, the Lincoln Project Women's Coalition. Uh, Mustafa Santiago Ali, former senior advisor for environmental justice at the EPA. Uh, and Jason Nichols, Department of African American Studies at the University of Maryland. Mustafa, I want to start with you. Um, the, the fact that, okay, I'm sorry, Mustafa is not there. Uh, so Rena, I'll start with you. Uh, this is going to be important because we are living in an age of distrust. You've got the anti-vaxxers, you've got the anti-mask people, uh, you've got African-Americans historically who have not trusted uh, the federal government, who have not trusted medicine and science. Uh, and, and this is really where uh, people who trust other people are going to be vital because this is life and death that we're dealing with here when we talk about the COVID-19 vaccine. Roland, it's so important to talk about facts. And I believe that sharing in this era of transparency is the best thing our physicians can do, is to show how this vaccine that they've just taken impacts them. Do they look different? Something is seemingly comical, uh, something out of a sci-fi movie like that. People are embracing conspiracy theories like that. So until we have medical professionals doing just what these two physicians spoke about, which is sharing as much possible, we won't have people talking to their friends and family about just how normal vaccines should be in our society. Number one, our life expectancy has gone up. 
so much. At some point, the prior to some of the greatest vaccines like polio, for example, uh, I remember my, my dad, my late dad was a polio survivor, actually. He was born in the year 1944. But if we look back then, before we had these tremendous vaccines, life expectancy was around 47. We are now looking at life expectancy of 77. Vaccines have done a great credit to modern society. The fact that we live in the year 2020 and people are pushing conspiracy theories, we, each of us, has a responsibility as American citizens to push back with facts. And so with that said, I really want folks to know a couple of things here. This vaccine uh, that was approved by the CDC panel on Saturday, I've taken some notes, so forgive me, audience, for, for looking down a bit. But it's important, the Pfizer vaccine, um, it's important to know uh, uh, three things about it. And one, it's approved for people over the age of 16. Secondly, people who are immunosuppressed trouble with your immune systems due to HIV, for example. Um, we don't know how the vaccine is going to impact them. So medical experts are cautioning about those folks taking the vaccine. But again, anybody watching, please consult your physician about whether uh, you should take the vaccine or not, given your health condition. Thirdly, anybody who's prone to anaphylax uh, anaphylaxis, which is essentially allergic reaction, Medical professionals are keeping EpiPens on hand for those people. And again, uh, if you were somebody with with these uh, prone to allergic reactions, certain allergies, do talk to your medical professional. These are three things we know. We also know that this vaccine is ad administered in two doses. So that's another thing. People say you really need to be vigilant yourself about that second dose because states uh, have not been given the money they need by the federal government as yet to be able to do the tracing that is needed in order to keep up with the people who get that first dose. So I just want to really express right. to our audience how important it is for each one of us to do our part and read as much as possible and keep in touch with our medical professionals, because particularly for people who are brown and black, this is life or death for us. Right. We are impacted far differently than white populations. Science has shown us that this year. We have credible evidence right. pointing to that. Jason, trust, trust, trust. That's what it boils down to. And again, um, this is where black medical experts and black scientists are going to be critical uh, because if people don't quite understand reality, we, we've crossed three hundred thousand dead and it's not just the folks who have died which is shameful and despicable in itself but it's also the people who are still trying to survive uh from who actually who have survived but are still having health consequences as a result of COVID-19 absolutely you know I, I'm the son of a physician <clears throat> I always trust science um I will say that you know that you know in terms of the early myths that we had there was a myth that black people were immune I remember hearing that and having to challenge that from lots of different people saying that all oh, black people, we don't get it. And then we start seeing more and more people get sick, more and more people die, people not paying attention to science. Uh, I would agree with your last guest about uh, the importance of vaccinations and what they've done to make our population safer, not only African-Americans, but just about the entire population has become safer. We're living longer because of vaccines. Um, but it's really important uh, what Dr. Hinton and Dr. Bell are doing in terms of making sure that they're transparent, making sure that people don't believe that there's some sort of boogeyman medical establishment out to kill people. You know, and, and I'm from the Baltimore area, and there's always these urban legends about uh, Hopkins Hospital and what they've done. 
And the stories, you know, uh, have been really harmful because some of it is based on some level of truth with Henrietta Lacks and, and other people who have been done wrong by the medical establishment. So it's important that black people who are involved in the medical establishment do what they can to dispel that, do what they can to uh, bring trust back to the community and make sure that people are trusting science and health. And I think it was most important what Dr. Hinton said, and that is that oftentimes they're going to blame this on black people and say, well, they didn't want it, they didn't trust us, and not on the fact that 46% of hospitals in, in lots of black communities have shut down. The fact that many uh, black people don't have a primary care doctor and that's not that's due to insurance imbalances and disproportions uh, that are out there, that uh, black people are twice as likely to be uninsured. So I think that there are a lot of issues um, that people need to pay attention to in order to keep black people healthy and living longer uh, and continuing the trends and the strides that we made, particularly since uh, the uh, Affordable Care Act. <clears throat> Mustafa, believe science, which means if you're going to say believe science, you got to believe scientists, which means it comes down to trust. It does. You know, trust but verify. And good scientists will make sure that they're putting the information in front of you so that you can make informed decisions for yourself. But a part of that trust paradigm is also making sure that we're getting the resources to our organizations, the National Medical Association and other associations of public health uh, doctors, you know, who can be in our communities, helping people to navigate the information, helping churches and fraternities and sororities and others to be able to have trust in the, in the system and also trust in the information and being able to share it uh, in a way that makes sense to our folks. So it is trust and verify, but it is also make sure the resources are there to get the messaging out. All right, folks, uh, we are here in Atlanta, where today President-elect Joe Biden was in town uh, to hold a rally supporting uh, Pastor Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, who are both running for the United States Senate. They are embroiled in a uh, bitter runoff against Senators Kelly Leffler and David Perdue. Uh, the event took place, a uh, social distance rally, a drive-in rally, and here are some of the excerpts of today's rally. As tough as this moment is in this country, as dark as these days of winter seem, I'm still more optimistic about the future of this country than I've been my whole career. I know what we can do. I know what this country is capable of. I know the future we can build together. I'm hoping you'll send John and Raphael to Washington to help me get that done. <laughs> Folks, it really is time to leave the anger and bitter politics of division behind us. It's time for us to come together as a country and start delivering them what we have to get done for the people of America. This is the United States of America. And Ben is ready to act. So send John and Raphael to Washington. And that's what will happen. You know, I ran on the commitment to be president for all Americans. John and Raphael are running on the commitment to be senators for all Georgians. I'm asking you what you're already doing to support them, because if you do, the doors of promise and progress are going to open in Washington. We're going to start to get done what we have to do. 
more than anything, will make the lives of every Georgian, the lives of every American better. That's not hyperbole. That's a fact. It all begins with your vote. Starting today, as I said, you can vote early. Go to IWillVote.com slash GA to find your polling location. Tell your friends, your family, just like you did in November. Turn out the vote so it's not even close. Don't give them an excuse. Don't let them take away your power. Vote for both John and Raphael. And remember the final words left to us by Congressman, my dear friend, and American hero, John Lewis. Remember what John said? He said, the vote is the most powerful nonviolent change you have in a democratic society. And you must use it because it's not guaranteed you can lose it. So use it. You have the power to win this election again. Let your voices be heard so the voice of Georgia can be heard. There's nothing beyond our capacity. There's no limit to America's future. The only thing that can tear America apart is America itself. So let's choose hope over fear, unity over division, science over fiction, and yes, truth over lies. Democracy. Send me these two men, and we will control the Senate, and we will change the lives of people in Georgia. God bless you, and may God protect our troops. Go out and vote. Vote. Love Kirkwood. Hello, Georgia. Well, we got to do it again, guys. A few weeks ago, we had a conversation about what was at stake in these elections. We talked about the fact that we were in the midst of a global pandemic. Well, we've gotten a little closer to salvation with a vaccine, but the vaccine isn't going to solve every problem. And we have an economy that's in peril, but a new president can't solve that alone. And we are in a space where racial reckoning is not going to disappear just when the years change. We've got to stay committed and we've got to have a plan.
And while we know that 4.1 million Georgians have filed for job loss claims, 4.1 million job loss claims, including 30,000 just last Thursday, the response from Kelly Leffler and David Perdue is to make money off of their stock trades. We deserve better, Georgia. We deserve John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. And speaking to Pastor Raphael Warnock, when the rally was over, I had a chance to catch up with him. Uh, yesterday, an amazing first day of early voting. Unbelievable turnout here in Georgia. And I have to tell you, as I've been moving all across the state, there's a lot of energy from Savannah to Augusta to Columbus, smaller towns in between. I think the people of Georgia understand how much is at stake and they're rising up in this moment. Uh, that course is, uh, you talk about that intensity, uh, and according to Fair Fight, 41% of the people voted yesterday were African American. That's a, that's a major number. This is the result of work we've been doing in this state for about 10 years. You know, Stacey Abrams came short about less than 55,000 votes out of 4 million casts. Out of the 300,000 people getting purged. Well, since, since then, that was 2018, we've registered... 800,000 new voters in the state, 49% of them are people of color, 45% are under 30. And so you're witnessing the, the new South rising. Georgia is the tip of the spear. Uh, last question. Some 23,000 young people who are 17 and a half, they could be, be 18 by election day. Uh, again, folks are trying to find find them to get them uh, to get them uh, to come out and vote. I mean, that, 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 that number there could very well determine the election. Oh, absolutely. Young people are rising up. And, and we saw very impressive voter turnout among young people during the November 3rd election. But we can't let off, let off of the gas. we got to keep pushing hard all the way to January 5th. Vote by mail. Vote early in person until December 31st. Spend election day. We, sh we should no longer be talking about election day. It's election season. And that season is now. You should spend election day getting the remaining folks in your circle who haven't voted out to the polls. But our votes need to be in the bank by December 31st. Pastor Warnock, I appreciate it. Frank, keep it up. All right, take care. Also, I had a chance to talk with Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottles. All right, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottles, first of all, how you doing? I'm doing great. Wasn't this a great rally? Uh, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, first of all, thank goodness uh, there was no rain. Otherwise, we'd be, we'd be, we'd be playing in the mud over here. Uh, but uh, one of the things that jumps out, yesterday, amazing turnout on the first day of early voting. Fair Fight says 41% of the turnout, African-American. Well, I'm so excited to hear that. And, and just to have President-elect Biden here really speaks to how important it is. And we need all of the influence and excitement that we can get because it's always a challenge to get people to show up for runoffs in our state. So I'm glad that all eyes are on Georgia. And we did it in November. We'll do it again. Uh, you talked about it in your speech. You had to deal with that uh, in terms of uh, running in a runoff uh, and, uh, and and eat out a win. And it's it's all about ground game. It's all about, you know, it's really just driving folks. You can run all the ads you want to, but you really got to touch the folks to get them to know the actual runoff date. Hit Strategy did a poll with black with uh, higher heights, and 35% of the black women who were surveyed didn't even know the date was January 5th. And so that's the other thing as well. No, it's so important because we have to educate people. We have so many new voters in this state. And so 
So many people believe that they got it done when they went in November, and they don't even understand the concept of a runoff. And that's why it's important for us as elected officials and community organizers to educate people and tell them why it's important. And when we tell people why it's important, they, sh they will show back up to vote. Uh, President-elect Joe Biden gave you a special shout-out. You were one of the early supporters uh, of, of Biden. And I remember at the debate in Atlanta, there were some other mayors, I won't say their names, uh, who were uh, jumping ship and uh, going to other candidates. Uh, and you were not shy about uh, calling them out. And I still do it. Every opportunity that I get. Shall I start the roll call right now? We're not going to say anything, Steve Benjamin, Columbia, South Carolina. You said it, not me. <laughs> Steve is going to kill us both. <laughs> but, that, I, that, you know, Steve, Steve is our friend, and, and uh, obviously that, that was a tough decision. Um, we won't get into to the details of that, but he wasn't the only one. So I'm just glad we're all one family again. Of course, and then, of course, having Osop and Warnock. Um, it's very interesting. I interviewed both of them, and it's it's very rare to see candidates essentially run together as opposed to running separate races. It is. I've, I've never seen it, at, at least in my voting life in Georgia. I don't know when, if ever, we've had two Senate runoffs. So this is just such an extraordinary time for so many reasons in this state. But to have the opportunity to change the landscape of the United States Senate is an opportunity. If it's ever happened in this state, I don't remember it. And, um, it, and on top of all of that, just two immensely qualified men who will represent us so well. Right, last point here. Uh, just looking to the camera there. There's somebody out there who is registered, but they're like, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't know if this politics stuff, it doesn't work. It's not really going to solve any problems. My neighborhood hasn't changed. My community hasn't changed. What would you tell that person who is on the fence about voting in these runoff races? Every election is another opportunity to get it right. That's what our democracy is all about. We are not a perfect country, but every few years we have an opportunity to work towards creating something better for our communities. And it all, the power is within each of us. Our vote is our voice. And we spoke loud and clear. We made a change in the state. We made a difference across this nation and the opportunity to have two senators to support the agenda of President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris um, is an opportunity that probably will come once in a lifetime. And we have to exercise our right to vote, as Congressman Lewis reminded us, because if we don't, we could lose it. Some tell me I'm going to have to be buying my Delta wife this mask you got on. So I'm quite sure. I, it's, look, I got, it's enough Delta. She, be, I've been an Al for 31 years, and I ain't got as much Delta gear she got at the house. Well, because you're not a Delta. <laughs> Y'all got bags. Y'all got too much stuff. Maybe the love them run this deep. I can't speak to that. But uh -uh. What, I, what I do know is she needs one of these. Got five of them, so. Well, you know, got got to have one for the season. <laughs> Mayor, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Always good seeing you. Thank you, Roland. Welcome to Atlanta. Maybe you'll stay. Oh, look at you. See, look at you. Oh, I gotta, I gotta go back home. My nieces miss me. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, one young lady has a special opportunity. She's a Spelman sophomore. Her name is Imani Bennett. She got an opportunity to actually introduce. 
President-elect Joe Biden, and uh, her and her dad dropped by where we were uh, uh, set up. Uh, he wanted a photo. I said, well, we'll do something better. I'll interview her. So, Allison, what was it like to introduce uh, President-elect Joe Biden? It was just a great experience. Like, I can't imagine it, you know. I'm just very grateful and very blessed to have this opportunity. How'd you get picked? Uh, I was asked, and, you know, I sent my bio, and... I just got a call. I got a phone call. That's pretty much it. Well, it's not a bad opportunity to introduce the president-elect of the United States. No, it's not a bad opportunity. Like, I'm just so beyond blessed and elated to just to be here. All right, then. Well, certainly good to meet you. Congratulations. Thank you. I want to go back to our panel now, Jason. Uh, we talked about uh, the voting in Atlanta on yesterday. Massive numbers. Uh, 41 percent of all the folks who voted yesterday, African-American who voted in person, uh, it is going to take a massive black voter turnout in order for Warnock and Ossoff to win uh, against Purdue and Leffler. Yeah, I agree. Um, I honestly don't think it's necessarily who shows up in terms of Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Uh, I think it's going to take black people having the knowledge, as, uh, as uh, Mayor Bottoms stated, about all of the facts of this election and, and what's at stake. And, to, and major turnout for Warnock and for Ossoff and to know what they're up against. I mean, this is, we're talking about David Perdue who ran an ad that lengthened Ossoff's nose, which was incredibly anti-Semitic. We're talking about Kelly Leffler, who's been anti-Black Lives Matter. So there are real serious issues at stake in addition to Joe Biden's agenda that will help Georgians and people across the nation. So there are real issues at stake, and it's going to take, again, African-Americans to save the country. And uh, it's going to take major turnout for our community. Mustafa, uh, when we talk about, uh, you know, really rich people on the ground, that's what's going to take. I, I talked to Rep Congressman Cedric Richmond, of course, uh, who was leaving Congress and going to work for Joe Biden. He said you know, it's going to be just like getting in folks' faces, but also letting people know about January 5th, January 5th of the actual date. But as Joe Biden also said in his speech, hey, you don't have to wait for January 5th. You can vote now through January 1st. Yeah, we're encouraging everyone to vote as early as possible uh, to make sure that that's already locked in. Um, and, and it's just amazing to see all the incredible folks uh, who have invested so much in Georgia, you know, invested their time, their hopes, and, and it's actually translating into real positive uh, sets of actions and change. And, and I'd just like to share also, you know, there is a big difference that we see going on right now in Georgia. You know, you've got the folks that um, on the Democratic side who are focused on we, and then you've got the folks on the other side of the aisle that are focused on sort of the I, if you will. And when you hear them talk, when you hear uh, President-elect Biden speak, he talks about folks coming together. He talks about you know, uplifting and how we as, as, an, as a group, as, as a folks coming together can really make change happen. And then when you see when President Trump went down there, it was all about him. And you see that also from Leffler and you see that from Purdue when you hear them speak. It's always about them and not the collective, if you will. So real change is happening. You know, big kudos to all the folks in Georgia who continue to, to sort of just grind it out and make, make sure that everybody gets a chance to vote and, and that the right outcome happens. Uh, Rena, third-party groups are playing a critical role as well. You're with the Lincoln Project. 
uh, the viral ads that are being run, the Midas Touch, they're running ads, but they're also funding canvassers, paying folks more than 15 bucks an hour to go door to door knocking on doors. Uh, 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 of course, uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's group, they're doing the exact same thing. I mean, this is, people understand that, look, the last 10 years, as Pastor Warnock said, the work that he and Stacey Abrams and others did to register people in this state, registering people is one thing, but you got to get them to turn out. That's how you win. That's right. And runoffs are critical. That's where it's critical because runoff elections, as we've talked about on this show, very difficult to get people to turn out. And you see Republicans largely historically benefiting from runoff elections. So all eyes on Georgia, uh, admittedly, because that almost means that the fight would be finished at that point. It feels like, sure, we have a president-elect Biden, but the control of the U.S. Senate, it is so pivotal to what we will see happen in our lives in the next four years. So anybody watching today that is sort of feeling like, man, you know, what's it matter? No, the fight is not finished. And I really believe uh, that it was the best thing that president-elect Biden did by showing up in Georgia in person today. Uh, there was a lot on the line uh, politically. Uh, when we talk about political capital, he was going to risk a lot if he did not go down there physically and deliver that message of unifying and really a return to normalcy. That's what we heard. And that's really important to talk about, because when we talk about Georgia voters and we talk about uh, the types of voters that, that helped Biden win. And then, you know, I made my career on the right. I know exactly what that college-educated female in the suburbs is thinking. Because I am one of those females up here in Northern Virginia. But really, in Georgia, you look at it, Biden won about 12,000 votes, right? But what we see happening here with really how the Dems are treating them. And look, there are failures across the spectrum, always, every time there's a critical election like this. Uh, but I think what the Dems really want to do is, to win this runoff, what they really need to do is focus on those North Atlanta suburbs. And then they need to push turnout in the city. Suburban voters, especially those women I told you about, are willing to vote against their normal party affiliation because they're so tired of Trumpism. They are smart and they are hardworking adults and they're tired of the bull. So these are the people that could be right to flip. Uh, but three words here, Roland, three words here, split ticket voters. And that's what Democrats ought to fear. Georgia is a red state that's been slowly moving towards blue these last few elections. We know that. I predicted Biden would win Georgia in part because of the blue trend, but also as a referendum on Trump. And so what I saw, there were so many conservative voters who wrote in candidates or voted Dem for the first time in their lives. I was one of those here in Virginia. But then those same voters, they voted Republicans down ballot. I know a lot of these people. And I just think it's a big But, but, but that's, but, 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 Marina, Marina, but that's why, but that's, Marina, Marina, this is different. Here's the piece. I hear what you're saying. But in November 3rd, there were 100,000 people who voted for Joe Biden in the metro Atlanta area who didn't vote for John Ossoff. And so Trump is not on the ballot. Yeah, he's on, but he's not on. And so I just simply think that the way, the, way, the way to victory is not trying to frankly flip some white women in the suburbs who are Republican, it's to actually get your core supporters out. Those people who first, uh, those people that Stacey Abrams and the New Georgia Project and others, people who they went out, you gotta get them out. They form the core of it. The, the second thing is this here, Republicans always do well in rural areas, especially in rural Georgia. 
This is where Democrats are going to have to really focus on rural African-Americans in Albany, uh, again, in, um, uh, in Athens, uh, in Columbus, in Savannah, uh, in, 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 um, in, in all these different places, because you can't let Leffler and Purdue run up large margins in rural areas. Then you really are depending on massive turnout in metro Atlanta and the suburbs. It really has to be a balance there. And I hear you, Roland, you make excellent points. But number one, you know, when you were talking to, to Mayor Bottoms, what, did, what, were, what quote did you, um, sorry, what statistic did you share? The one from Higher Heights that shared that some 35% of, of black women didn't even know the date? That's what we're up against. And I don't mean to diminish the work of Stacey Abrams. I mean, look, this has been, the foundation was set a while ago. We saw the, um, the accomplishments on election day because of efforts like hers. I do not mean to diminish those. But I want to be real with folks that we can't expect this robust turnout to really uh, be everything this time. We just, we will, we may be disappointed if that's where we put all our eggs in the basket. So, so that's to your point there, the rural part. And look, you may not like this, but I really think Warnock tweeting that he was a pro-choice pastor. I just don't think that was the best move for him. What I really feel, what I've seen is that Purdue and Loeffler are capitalizing on the left surge to the far left. Ossoff and Warnock, I believe they've done a lot of things right. But one thing I really think they failed at is holding the center like Joe Biden did. And that's where I think that they might be they might be paying for that. They have not held the center well. Biden has held the center. And that's why I just feel like the, the suburbs are key. State Senator Jen Jordan, she put it best. She represents a suburban Atlanta district. She said what voters really wanted was sanity. They just wanted normal and for there to be some leadership in government. And that's why people voted for Biden. I just feel like the failure of Ossoff and Warnock to really hold that center is what could be detrimental for them. But Jason, here's the deal. Warnock saying he's pro-choice. Hell, okay, show me how many Democrats are pro-life. That's, that's, that's not anything new. At the end of the day, that also appeals to their voters. Yeah, no, I, I was hearing everything Rena was saying until that point. Like, that's not far left. If you were going to talk about how they're trying to paint uh, Warnock and Ossoff as socialists and as people who are uh, like Bernie Sanders who want to, you know, if you want to say that they're trying to give people free stuff, and they're trying to paint them that way, and they're trying to bring up some things from uh, Warnock's past that are untrue. I can hear all that. But if you're trying to say that, I think actually that appeals to women in the suburbs, even ones who are somewhat conservative. I know a lot of conservative women who live in the Northern Virginia suburbs, just like you do, who are like, you know, I have conservative leanings, but I also think my body, my choice. I really don't think that that necessarily hurts uh, Warnock at all. I think Warnock basically, as Roland has said, they've got to go out, they've got to, even in the midst of a pandemic, they've got to be door knocking. They've got to get people out to vote. They've got to turn their base out. Then from their base, you know, which is African-American, both rural and inner city, but also then you start to expand out into the suburbs, try to give the same message that mm -hmm. Joe Biden gave that uh, gets the, the suburban women. They are an important demographic, but they're not your base. The key here is to turn your base out, and then you start to reach out to others. And I'm not so certain that there are any suburban, white, or non-black women who are on the fence this late in the game. 
We are, you know, three weeks away from the election. I don't think that there's someone who's like, I don't know if I'm going to go with Warnock or Leffler. I think that, you know, the way Warnock and, and uh, excuse me, uh, Purdue and Leffler have staked where they stand on the right. election and all of that, I, I think that people know where they stand one way or the other. Mustafa, final comment, uh, and uh, it simply is this. This is going to be about turnout. The reason I'm saying you have to turn out your core people because you know for a fact they're going to vote. You just got to get them to the polls. If you're still trying to convince some people to vote for you, I don't know. As Jason said, you got three damn weeks. I don't know if you got much time trying to convince some folks. You got to get the people who you know are going to go your way to show up. Yeah, souls to the polls. I mean, it couldn't be any more clear than that. I've spent a lot of time in Georgia, both in rural Georgia uh, and in urban centers. And I saw that in Warnock, they have an excellent message for folks who are uh, in rural areas. When they talk about uh, jobs, they're talking about health care. Those are things that folks in rural areas care about. So it is all about just getting folks out, getting them to vote early or getting them to the polls. Well, All right, I folks, Jason uh, and Mustafa, <laughs> uh, 20 seconds, 20 seconds, go. Okay. go. I'll keep it short. Look, but my pro-choice pastor comment, I must say, was about the rules. And I get it. I mean, this is tough. You're not going to convince anybody to change their mind fully here. I, I just think that there's some degree of success because of how fatigued people are in Georgia, the ads, all the mudslinging. But I know in the past I, I had said maybe on this show what I was feeling was that maybe Warnock was not going to benefit. But now my prediction, I've sat down and really thought about it. It's Purdue Warnock, I think, because Purdue is pretty much believed in Georgia and he's the incumbent. So he sort of has that advantage. But what, I, what I've been hearing, especially as I sat and thought about it in recent weeks, is people not happy about Leffler because of the insider trading, her cozying up to Trump, the white nationalism stuff, the conspiracy theory right. stuff, and she's also appointed. She's not elected. So I think if it was Leffler right. versus but, but Obama, but, he could but, easily but, win. But she got lucky with a pretty unknown candidate. Well, so. Well, Bob, well, Bob, Bob Linus is here. They are running uh, together, and so they're pairing them to vote for Osof Warnock. And so we'll see how it turns out. Folks, I really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Coming up next, our Marketplace business segment. You looking for a black puzzle company for Christmas gifts? We got one for you. That's next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Black self-reliance. It's central to our legacy. From inventions we use every single day to Silicon Valley or the Silicon Savannah, black innovation has always made this world a better place. Greenwood's namesake, founded in 1906, built directly from the intelligence and discipline of black dreamers. Looking to create a safe, productive, self-sufficient society, looking for real freedom. So they built it. Imagine a black neighborhood with its own transportation systems, its own grocery stores, cafes, hotels, barbershops, banks, doctor's offices, newspapers, and schools. A black economy so rich that the dollar circulated 36 times within the community before leaving it. Whether you had a little or a lot, your black dollars had an impact. You know, the year 2021 is going to mark 100 years since the lives and life's work of the Greenwood community was violently destroyed. But that still hasn't stopped us. 
Black ingenuity has continued to astonish and inspire the world. So what are we gonna do? Grow with it or keep giving it away? There's no question that black and brown people have laid the foundations of this nation. We have never participated fully in the green. We think if we can get some of that money to you, you will know what to do with it. Today's Greenwood is a coalition of everyday people. Citizens, entrepreneurs, entertainers, politicians coming together with a singular mission, strengthening and circulating the black dollar, using the same savings and community reinvestment strategies of our ancestors to shrink the black wealth gap. We've all heard the phrase, a rising tide lifts all boats. Well, we're rising now. Are you ready to live out your ancestors' wildest dreams? I know we are. And that's what Greenwood is ready to share with you. All right, folks, time for our Marketplace segment. That's every Tuesday. We feature a black-owned business uh, bringing you uh, kind of attention that folks uh, may not even realize uh, exists. Uh, my, my next guest is Matthew Goins with Puzzle Huddle. He and his wife uh, were looking for some puzzles, and they say, you know what? Black kids need to actually see themselves. So therefore, uh, they created uh, this. And so we certainly welcome uh, Matthew Goins, uh, created Puzzle Huddle. Matthew, how you doing? I'm doing very well, brother. Thank, thank, thanks for having me on. All right. First of all, what, what kind of puzzles are we talking about, uh, and, and really, what caused it? What, was it uh, was it uh, you know one thing, or was it several things? Were y'all looking all over for black puzzles? Well, the, I, I walked into this company idea through the process of having children. My wife and I have three three beautiful brown children, and we were buying all the kinds of things you buy for kids. So it was Play-Doh and Legos and blocks and coloring books and markers and and, and puzzles. So once I had enough puzzles for three kids, that's a couple dozen puzzles, I looked at that inventory and none of the puzzles had black characters, like none. So I started, I really just started cutting puzzles out of cardboard in, in, in my living room. I didn't start like with a business idea. I just wanted to, to fix the problem for my kids. So I was cutting, cutting puzzles out of cardboard and, and they, were just, they were just so flimsy and fragile and they didn't hold together well. So we, one day we had to find a, a manufacturer that could make like a, a commercial puzzle because our, our friends had young kids, and we thought that they would want black baby puzzles as well. So that, that's how we kind of stumbled backwards into having a puzzle company. And how long have you had the puzzle company? We lost in January 2018, so almost three years now. This has been the, the biggest year because a couple unexpected things really kind of helped accelerate our, our, our business growth. One was the pandemic and the school closures, uh, the, the Black Lives Matter movement helped to kind of focus attention on black businesses. So that was helpful for us as well. And then just recently we were included in Oprah's favorite thing. So that, that puts a galactic layer of uh, awareness and, and helps your business you just accelerate way beyond what you might have done. Well, I'm sure being included in Oprah's favorite things uh, caused a hell of a lot of sales growth. Yeah, it, it, it helps because I, 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 I'm, full, I'm a full-time entrepreneur now. I left my corporate job a year and a half ago. So entrepreneurship can be challenging financially, uh, but being able to be included in Oprah's favorite things helps us to get over the hump and, and helps us. We got, we got three kids, so it's, I'm still diapers and, and food and clothes and 
we had, we had, and I got, hey, bro, I got student loans. So, so I need this, I needed this business to go uh, to help us get to a great position financially. Well, it is uh, certainly uh, a, a fantastic idea. How many total puzzles do you have? We sell about 70 different puzzles. Um, they, they range in terms of you know, size and complexity and images. So at, at the low end for a two or three year old, I had a 15 piece puzzle and I worked my way up to what might be a, a nine or a 10 year old on a 200 piece puzzle. So that full range from you know three or four years old up to a nine or 10 year old and lots of different images. I got doctors, scientists, pilots, uh, chemists, veterinarians, uh, even got religion, I got Bible stories. I got a, a black, I got a black Jesus puzzle. I got a black Noah's Ark. So we want to appeal to uh, lots of different themes and, and, and values that, that might reflect, you know, different important things for, for families. All right, then Matthew Goins puzzle huddle. What's the website? It's www.puzzlehuddle.com. If you think like football huddle, puzzlehuddle.com and, and on Facebook, LinkedIn, and, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all the different social media handles. All right, then. Well, we certainly uh, look uh, hoping for a big sales uh, for you guys uh, as you grow the business uh, in a significant way. Matthew, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Folks, this is a short edition of Roland Martin Unfiltered because coming up next, uh, we're going to have uh, the National Coalition of Black Civic Participation. The Spirit of Democracy Awards. We're going to be streaming that. They're honoring some folks who have done amazing work uh, when it comes to democracy, when it comes to voting rights and civil rights. And so, uh, you know, it, you know I'm, I'm a previous honoree uh, of the organization. And so it, it's really important that uh, we support the work that they do, the work that Melanie Campbell and others do uh, has been vital. I've been working uh, with uh, their folks down here, uh, the Georgia Stand Up group, when it comes to voting. In fact, we're going to be broadcasting the show from their offices uh, tomorrow. And so we certainly will thank uh, what they have done. And so uh, really looking forward to uh, this broadcast. That's coming up next right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Folks, if you support what we do, we want you to please, uh, we want you to support what we do. To join our Bring the Funk fan club, every dollar you give goes to support this show, allows us to be able to broadcast on the road from places like Atlanta, Georgia. You can do so by, uh, of course, going to Cash App, dollar sign RM Unfiltered. Uh, we also have, of course, a paypal.me forward slash Unfiltered. Then, of course, we have, uh, you can go to Venmo.com forward slash RM Unfiltered. Then we can contribute via Zale, rolling at rollinsmartin.com. And, of course, you can send a money order to Money orders to New Vision Media, NU Vision Media, Inc., 1625 K Street Northwest, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. So please support what we do. Folks, tomorrow we're going to talk about that story out of Chicago where cops busted into the wrong place and videotaped this black woman completely naked. Why did the city of Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, has to get some answers? Why did they try to stop a local television station from airing footage of the body, the body camera footage? We'll also tell you about the case from Lamarck, Texas, where Ben Crump is calling for the body camera footage of an African-American man shot and killed by cops to be released to the public as well. So all that tomorrow right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Folks, thank you so very much. We appreciate those of you who watched today's live stream of Joe Biden rally here in Atlanta. If you missed it, simply go to our YouTube channel and then you can watch uh, the uh, restream of that. Thank you so very much. I'll see you tomorrow. Ha!
Mr. Vida. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.